Welcome to another episode of Pat and the Fat Man. We like to talk about movies, sports, and whatever else we feel like. I'm Pat. I'm the Fat Man. I'm just, just. Oh my gosh! Hold, hold, hold oh. on, hold on. I, I, I got, I gotta get, I gotta get something for for this before we get started. Because I mean, I'm really gonna need it. <laughs> just so everybody knows, it's for me. It's eight o'clock on a Sunday morning. <laughs> The Sunday following Thanksgiving, first Sunday of Advent, which is why we're so disgruntled. (laughs) (laughs) We're going to talk about college sports first because both college and the NFL are kind of downers, so it doesn't really matter. So we're going to back it up a little bit, though, because the last game we talked about was the South Carolina game uh, where we just totally dominated South Carolina. Coming off the Alabama win, we managed to beat... Uh, Mizzou at home, which was good, at their home, because um, Mizzou is just awful this year. We dominated them. We then went on to really dominate South Carolina. So, And then we, we moved into the back half of our schedule. When people started looking at our schedule at the, at the beginning of the year, they figured we would be a one-loss team, that we would lose to either Alabama, which was kind of on the front end of the schedule, or to Ole Miss, which was on the back end. Obviously, things didn't play out that way given our backup quarterback not being as good as we all thought he was going to be and our offensive line being touch and go for quite a long time and then becoming touch and go again. (laughs) (laughs) They were good in the middle. (laughs) But uh, we moved into playing uh, Auburn. It was foreseen as a fairly big game, in part because Auburn was doing pretty well. They had just, if I remember correctly, they just beat Ole Miss. Everything was kind of centered around Bo Nix. He's their quarterback again. That's just sort of the the mantra I kept hearing from the various sports outlets is whether or not A&M was going to beat Auburn was going to depend on Bo Nix's performance. Uh The other thing was this was a pretty big game for a SEC championship eligibility at the time. Auburn was a no-loss team, and we were obviously a two-loss team. Right. But in our corner was the fact that we'd also beaten Alabama. That was like the big thing that was hanging up for a lot of our hopes and dreams this year was the fact that we beat Alabama again, finally. <laughs> yeah. And there there was this, this sort of strange path to the SEC championship we could have gone. And if we went out, right, and we're a two-loss team, that means we beat Auburn, we beat Ole Miss. And we beat Alabama. And then if Alabama manages to lose to somebody else, which I think a lot of people were hoping that would either be Tennessee or the Auburn game, the Iron Bowl, then they would be a two-loss team. And head-to-head, we would have the win. So we would go to the SEC championship. Not that we would have a chance against Georgia, but, you know, <laughs> that we had this weird path. At the same time, Auburn also had a path to the SEC championship, being at the time either a no-loss or a one-loss team, this game became kind of the, okay, well, if you know the team could win out, then they could possibly get to the SEC championship as long as Alabama takes a stumble. Mm-hmm. <sighs> okay, so during the week 10 was, that, it was a pretty happy week. I was able to watch most of the game. I was on the road. For, I was not driving, but I was in the passenger seat for both the Auburn game and the Ole Miss game uh, back-to-back <laughs> weeks. So I got to watch it on my phone. That being said, the Auburn game was a really tight game until the fourth quarter. Really, really, really defensive game. Literally, <laughs> both teams scored uh, one field goal in the first quarter. <laughs> Nothing until 
Well, I mean, I guess at some point in the third and then the fourth just took care of itself. Right. And in the second quarter, both teams missed a field goal. And this was at home. And we lost to Auburn at home quite a bit. So everything's very tight. You know, both teams are playing okay offensively, but definitely not great. I would say our defense is doing a good job and our offense was doing a bad job. (laughs) That's effectively (laughs) what was happening. Because Auburn's defense is, eh, they were okay. Things started really moving in the fourth quarter. Our offense started clicking. Their defense got tired. This is kind of the Jimbo Fisher special. This is what he likes to do with his games. You see kind of fairly low scoring. You you maybe get some high scoring done in the first drive, maybe second drive, and that's a lot of to do with how he schemes things. And if he schemes them correctly, then we'll do well in the first drives. And if he doesn't scheme them correctly, then we won't do well in the first drives and we won't really make our comeback until the second half, possibly not until the fourth quarter. And that's exactly what happened. And that's sort of that's how Fisher likes to play ball. I'm not sure I like it. I don't like it (laughs) from a heart attack perspective (laughs) because it makes I don't know. It just always makes for really close games, even when we're supposed to be dominant. However, if you look at the final score against Auburn, it's 20 to three. Right. That doesn't look like a close game. But it was. It was a close game until the fourth quarter. And then we were able to kind of run away with it. And that was the Auburn game. So we come out of that pretty strong. Everybody's pretty happy. The other big games around the conference, you had uh, Mississippi State and Arkansas. And this is kind of the the battle for the middle. <laughs> I don't know how to put it. Sadly, we're in the middle now, too. But either way, at the time, we were only a two-loss team. But Arkansas ends up winning that one thirty-one to 28 So it's a very, very close game. Tennessee plays Kentucky, and Tennessee ends up beating Kentucky, which is a big deal because Kentucky was having such a good year up to this point. But the honest truth was so was Tennessee. Strangely enough, both Tennessee and Kentucky were having really good years, which just left South Carolina for every, South Carolina and Missouri for everybody to beat up on. <laughs> Ohio State only beat Nebraska 26-17. to Not shocked. Purdue took down an, another number three team. That was Michigan State. I was going to say Purdue. It always seemed to be like somebody in the Big Ten, like Purdue, Iowa. Somebody was upsetting somebody every week. So Purdue upset number three, Michigan State. That's the third number three team I think Purdue's beat and still not ranked. I just want to say this as clearly and as loudly as <laughs> I can. The AP, you guys are a bunch of lily-livered bastards. <laughs> There's no other way to put it. I mean, come on. Everybody in the Big Ten who's got at least three or four wins is is ranked, except for Purdue for some reason, even though Purdue keeps knocking out number threes. You know, they knocked out Iowa. They knocked out Penn State. Now they knocked out Michigan State. And, oh, no, but Purdue can't be ranked, but Michigan State's still ranked. Come on. Well, it's right up there with, you know, an undefeated Cincinnati. And, I mean, I'll grant you Cincinnati doesn't play in a tough conference, but you're a northern team who plays everybody tough and you're still undefeated. You know, I mean, it shows like a huge flaw in the system and inability for teams who have good years to make any sort of splash and for those teams to actually develop into any sort of programs. Yeah. Because those teams are able to recruit if they go deep into the bowl season or if they can make the playoffs or have big showy games, but they can't do that if they don't get ranked. Right. And so, you know, teams like Purdue or like Cincinnati get kind of left on the side. And I'm like, I, these are good teams within that conference. And then, you know, on the other side of it, in the big, in the, um, sorry, SEC, we just get kind of written off. 
because you know we're beating each other up and like oh well right. you all have a bunch of losses and i'm like yeah we have a bunch of losses to each other because we're all good <laughs> because when you have a bunch of good teams playing each other you end up with a bunch of losses <laughs> it's hard to have a rivalry game when everybody hates everybody in the conference <laughs> yep and i don't mean like oh they're competing no they all hate each other because they're lost to any one of those teams to one of each other knocks them out of any sort of consideration for any sort of big games at the end of the year yeah and that's a factor of the rankings so you folks in the AP can go bleep yourselves. <laughs> <laughs> because you're, you're just a bunch of wusses. You're just a bunch of suck-ups for the Big Ten. That's all you're doing. It definitely seemed like that this year. Like this year, it seemed like they went out of their way to f- make sure that there was a Big Ten team and that it was predominantly Ohio State making it into the top four. Yeah. Well, it's just that. There's the, you know, there's always like three or four in the top ten. I mean, come on. Like, there are more teams <laughs> than just those in the Big Ten. Now, don't get me wrong. In most years, the SEC would w- warrant two teams in the top four, but I'll grant you this year is definitely not one of those years because aside from Georgia, everybody seems to have flaws in the SEC. Okay, we'll, we'll get to that, but we're not there okay. yet. Okay. <laughs> so, okay, the other big blowout uh, kind of game uh, was South Carolina over Florida. They beat uh, Florida 40-17, which is pretty... Pretty terrible for Florida because South Carolina is also just awful. So moving on to week 11. So week 11 was for Texas A&M was playing Ole Miss. There's a lot of question marks about this game. This game actually for a lot of people thought this was going to be our most difficult game in comparison to say Alabama. They thought that, you know, our one loss going into this year was was just as likely to be Ole Miss as it was to be Alabama. Right. Given how Alabama's played throughout the season and how Ole Miss has played. Uh, well, and considering what was left on the schedule, it seemed like it was going to be the more difficult of the last three games of the season. Yeah. This was going to be an actually important game because if we could win this, we'd run the table and everything will be fine. And then just, you know, the chips will land where they land but at least we could say we did a really good job. Yep. So we came in this game. This was away. This was one of our, interestingly enough, few away games. <laughs> <laughs> we didn't have that many this year, it seemed like. But, yeah, this was an away game, and we just got beat. I mean, there's really no other way to put it. Uh, we didn't score a single point in the first half. You know, the defense did a pretty solid job, but the offense – I mean, we took a safety in the second in the second quarter. Right, exactly. I mean, you you look at it, and by the the end of the second half, it's a manageable game, fifteen to nothing. Okay, that's two touchdowns. That's a manageable game. So that means your defense did its part as best as it could. Well, okay, maybe not the best that it could, but it did a damn good job at that point. Yeah. It's not like Ole Miss is a pushover. Like the lane train is an actual train here. <laughs> right. And the safety is the indicator that shows you how bad the, the offense was. I mean, you allowed a safety. And I mean, if I remember right, it wasn't even like a super bad safety. Like it wasn't like we were on the one yard line when we hiked the ball. Like we were actually like five or six yards down the line and he still got sacked in the backfield. And, you know, that's not just Calzada's fault. That's that's the whole front line falling apart. But. Either way, you know, we, we try to come back in the third. You know, we managed to score a touchdown and then a field goal. So the offense is starting to click a little bit. Then the fourth quarter just becomes a real back and forth. Uh-huh. We end up scoring nine points, but they score 14, and that kind of seals the deal. Uh, one of those being a pick six. 
if I remember right, Calzana throws like two or three interceptions towards the end of this game. It's it's just sort of like, okay, well, game's over. He threw two interceptions the whole game. And one was a pick six in the fourth quarter. In the fourth quarter. Yeah. So coming down to the last five minutes of the game, it looked like we definitely could win, right? Like all the momentum was on our side. We were doing really well. And then everything just shifted. And they were able to put up a stop. They stopped us. They got the ball back and they were able to come, go down the field, make the touchdown. We got the ball back. It was like, okay, if we get the, if we go down and make a touchdown, we could still win that. You know, there was still this, we can win this sort of a thing. Mm-hmm. And then Calzada throws the interception and it's pretty much game over after that point. Mm-hmm. Um, we weren't really able to make any forward progress after that. And, and we should keep this one in mind because the way this game ends is going to appear later on in the season. So we lost Ole Miss. So we, we became a three loss team at that point. Ole Miss was only a two-loss team. Auburn, by losing to us, becomes a three-loss team. They go into play Mississippi State. Your Mississippi State just coming off a lose from Arkansas. The Mississippi State-Auburn game becomes a shootout, and Mississippi State ends up scoring more points. They, get, they beat Auburn 43-34. to So Auburn's like hopes and dreams, after being dashed by us, then get thoroughly dashed by Mississippi State. And Auburn kinds of, kind of drops off into obscurity. Other games around the conference, Georgia plays Tennessee, beats Tennessee. But Tennessee actually managed to score 17 points on Georgia, which honestly is kind of impressive. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Given Georgia's defense. Arkansas beats LSU, but only by three points. And this is kind of, if you watch the LSU games, LSU is not great. They're, They're pretty bad. However, they put up a lot of very close games. Alabama only beats them by like a touchdown in the week before. Uh, Arkansas only beat them by three points this week, and then we'll we'll see what happens. Sadly, in our game <laughs> coming up, on super sad news for South Carolina, they get beat by Mizzou. Uh, so Missouri <laughs> manages sad. to beat them, thirty-one to twenty-eight. So sad day for South Carolina. Yeah. <laughs> so looking around for other upsets, Ohio State does manage to beat Purdue, fifty-nine to thirty-one. So that should tell you something. Purdue actually is ranked going into that. They're only ranked 19, but um, they're still ranked. Big Ten side, Michigan beats Penn State. Michigan State manages to bounce back from their Purdue loss and beat Maryland, the powerhouse of Maryland. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So Baylor beat Oklahoma, which was the Big 12's kind of upset. They beat Oklahoma 27-14. Which was sort of big because Baylor is ranked only 13, Oklahoma's ranked 8. So that was kind of a big win for Baylor. Isn't OSU the big team in the Big 12 this year? They are. So and they beat TCU 63-17. Effectively, if Oklahoma was able to beat OSU last night, and I haven't checked the scores, but we'll find out in a minute. <laughs> if Oklahoma <laughs> was able to beat OSU, then they end up playing again in this coming weekend because Oklahoma State's already in the championship and but if Oklahoma beat Oklahoma State, then they get enough uh, wins to also play in the championship because there's no divisions in the Big Twelve. It's just the two teams that have the most wins, or whatever you want to make of that. <laughs> <laughs> the really fun one is the Kansas Texas game. Kansas beats Texas fifty-seven to fifty-six in overtime and puts Texas at. I think this was their fourth loss in a row. Granted, not great years going on for my other teams, but very happy for that. (laughs) (laughs) 
because the week before Texas had lost to Iowa State. Iowa State beat them thirty to seven, so they beat them pretty handily. So yeah, Texas just getting beat beat up hard, and that continues on into week twelve. It just became apparent that Zach Calzada is just not an SEC quality quarterback. Maybe he could play a good quarterback somewhere else, but and I hate to jump up and down on a kid, but this is pretty big league football you're talking about in college. I mean, you, you gotta be a leader. You gotta be able to handle the pressure. You've gotta be able to stare down the other team, you know, and just every time he just, he didn't seem to have any sort of real confidence that the only time you ever saw confidence was him playing against teams that you knew you were going to win against. Right. But when it came time to play big teams, you know, that there was a lot of questions. There's a lot of uncertainty. Again, deer and headlights kind of looked to him and it didn't really seem like he was able to get the guys on the field to, to be there. There wasn't any sort of leadership. I think if you put Zach Calzada behind a seasoned offensive line, like you take our offensive line from last year and you put Calzada behind them, I think he does just phenomenally better. But that's him being an island onto himself, protected by other people. Right. As opposed to, say, a quarterback who who gets the guys in front of him to do their job so that way he could stand up and do his job. Right. And, you know, what I think what we've seen through the year is that if the offensive line and Calzada both do their jobs, then we can play some amazing football. Mm-hmm. And if either of them don't or both of them don't, then we look like trash. And on the other side of the, the ball, I'll definitely say this. While the defense hasn't been great, they usually recovered by the second half. If they had a bad first half, the second half they come out and they turn it around. Yeah, I'm, I'm not going to say the defense hasn't been great. I think the defense has been great. I think they've been pretty phenomenal. I think they've been one of the best defenses in the conference. That being said... Our conference is an offensive conference, right? <laughs> like just flat out. Most teams' offenses are better than their defenses. They're going to put points up on you. The question is, is can you limit it? And if you can, then great. Because like like we mentioned, that first half, they limited them to 15 points. Okay, that's two touchdowns. You should be able to get two touchdowns in the SEC. Right. You should have an offense that can at least do that. But what we saw was if Calzada and the offensive line are clicking, we do fine. Mm-hmm. If they're not... We don't. There's kind of a double reason the offensive line is important here. It's not just because of protection of Calzado when he's throwing the ball. It's also making holes for the running backs. Right. We had games where effectively, you know, Mississippi State, we couldn't run the ball. They shut us down, period. Mm-hmm. The, the coming LSU game, which we haven't talked about, we had one drive where we ran the ball effectively. Other than that, you know, I think we were total of 10 yards outside of that drive running the ball. If the team we're playing can shut down the run, then we can't do much. And a lot of that is on the backs of the offensive line. Because if the offensive line can't make the holes and the blocks where they need to, then the running back doesn't have a chance. Spiller can break two tackles, but he can't break four. (laughs) You know, he can get away from two guys. Four guys on him, a little harder. A-chain, it's an even bigger problem. If he gets stopped at the line, he's stopped. 
he needs that forward momentum to break one or two tackles. And the funny part here, and this goes to play calling when the run game doesn't work, is that it seems like you keep trying to run with the same guy. But in most of these games, one guy will have success while the other doesn't. It just doesn't seem like when they hit a roadblock that they try to change things up, that they try to turn the offense to be multifaceted. So that way you could throw off the other defense, you know? Yeah, and that kind of blew my, blew my mind. So we, what we saw in the, uh, the Ole Miss game, was that Spiller was not able to get any yards, practically speaking. Mm-hmm. But A-Chain was doing fine when he had the ball. And that was because Spiller's more of an up-the-middle guy and A-Chain's around the side because he's got the speed to do it. But we kept running Spiller. Right. And it was the, it was the exact opposite song for the LSU game. Right. We kept running A-Chain, and A-Chain was getting slammed. Like, he could not get outside. He, he just The offensive line wasn't holding off the defense well enough. But you give the ball to Spiller, and he's able to make three to four yards every play. But we kept running A-chain. Now, I will say it did work on that one drive. Like, we got, you know, 90 yards basically out of him. <laughs> we almost <laughs> ran every play with A-chain. And this is another thing I heard about Jimbo Fisher is that, like, for the first 15 or so plays, he kind of scripts it out, like, before the game. And he just runs with that and then changes up as he goes. And if he's doing that, I mean, there's there's some strength to that because you're just sort of testing your defense and you're testing your ability to analyze the other team and watch film and, and plan and strategize. But 15 plays might be a single drive or 15 plays might be five drives if you keep going three and out. Right. And that was kind of the feeling I was getting out of the especially the Ole Miss game. Because everything was a three and out. Like our offense was just not moving the ball. And so I, I don't think Fisher called a play until, I don't know, midway through the third quarter. And that's when we finally started scoring points. Uh-huh. <laughs> you know, I just, I don't know. And especially if you're going to be a team that gets a lot of your offense to work together on the rush, then you've got to be more run pass option kind of thing. Like you have to teach your quarterback. Okay. If it looks like this, you know, you've got options. These are your options when the defense looks like this, because that's how you get the defense, the other team's defense to kind of just open up holes is that you start running. Then you throw because they're all thinking you're just going to run it. So then you end up going, getting yardage that way. And then you can just switch it up. But it doesn't seem like they were able to this year do things on the fly like that, which you have to be able to do if you're going to be a run heavy team. Yeah. Going into week 12, um, you know, week 12 was practically a bye week for us. We played Prairie View A&M, which is really more about the bands playing. Uh, Prairie View A&M has an excellent band. It's really more about the halftime show. Not shocking anybody, we won that game 52-3. to I would have considered that a loss if we had allowed them any more than three points. (laughs) So our our second string was solidly playing by mid-third quarter because we scored almost all of our points in the first half. To be fair to our second string, they managed to put up some points too. Good for them. Around the SEC, there are no big shockers. Georgia won, Alabama won, Ole Miss won. Mississippi State was playing Tennessee State, so no big deal. Kentucky was playing New Mexico State. It's funny. New Mexico State plays a lot of big, big games. Hmm. Funny, Missouri beats Florida 24-23, <laughs> <laughs> which hilariously makes Missouri Bowl eligible 
And then South Carolina manages to beat Auburn, which makes South Carolina bowl eligible and just crushes. Auburn's now a five-loss team. They're just completely crushed. All our hopes and dreams are gone. <laughs> that loss to Missouri for Florida meant that their head coach is getting fired. So <laughs> yes, you know, yeah. So that was the, that was the big the big big deal coming out of that. And uh, I think it was was it the same week or was it a week before where they uh, announced that. Um, LSU's head coach is going to be fired. I think it was a week before because this is, I mean, the buzz about LSU coach has been going on for so long. He's got a lot of questionable stories that have come out of his camp. Well, not just that. I think the the biggest news, honestly, is they can't find a replacement. Yes. I mean, I think a lot of a lot of people were thinking they were going to go after Jimbo Fisher, and you know, from a simple money perspective, if I remember correctly, Jimbo can just walk away from his contract with A and M and have no penalties, which is. Right just stupid given how much money it is and if he does that i'm sure there's gonna people gonna be some people that kill him i just (laughs) (laughs) i mean especially after the loss coming in week 13 but spoiler alert (laughs) yeah spoiler alert but they do fire they do you know lsu officially announces they're they're firing ogeron the problem lsu has is they're currently they're already paying off two old head coaches now they're going to be paying off Ogeron's contract. And then they've got to come up with the money to pay for a new guy. And the question is, for Jimbo Fisher, can you come up with that much money? Uh-huh. Because let's be honest, his contract with AM is ridiculous. Can you beat that contract? And then, you know, Fisher's been pretty adamant both times he's been asked um, about whether or not he, he would leave AM. He's been pretty adamant about no (laughs) he thinks he has something good here he thinks he's got recruiting classes he likes you know it's been been very emphatic (laughs) yeah the non-quantifiables now granted all of that could turn around and he could take a job there i I don't know but i think if he left and he went somewhere else other than lsu there would be a lot of bad feelings but it wouldn't be that bad i think if he went to lsu people would try to kill him (laughs) like i'm not (laughs) I'm just being realistic here. <laughs> well, going to yeah, another SEC rival. Yeah. And not an unimportant one. Let, let's be very clear. The other teams in the SEC, I, I like beating them, but I don't feel a kind of visceral hatred. Like, I don't hate Ole Miss. I don't hate Mississippi State. I don't hate Missouri. You know, I don't hate Alabama. I like beating Alabama, but I have to respect Alabama. <laughs> They're a good team. I hate LSU. <laughs> like I my visceral hatred is equal to my hatred for Texas Tech, <laughs> which is never going away. I don't care if we haven't played them in, you know, 20 years. It doesn't matter. I hate them. Hate <laughs> them. Like and it was funny because our rival in Texas, and I hate them too, don't get me wrong, but it's a gentleman's hatred with Texas. <laughs> it's a Hatfields McCoy gentlemanly British kind of hatred. <laughs> right. I hate you because my father hated you. Right. And his father hated you. And his father hated you. So ain't nothing but a family thing. <laughs> yeah, but with tech, you know, if it's dark enough outside and I've <laughs> let's just be honest (laughs) and that's that's kind of the level i feel with lsu (laughs) that's where i'm at so i really hate losing lsu now i mean most of the years we've played them we have not been that good and they have been but this year was tough so i guess we're just going to move into that 
There really wasn't any other big, big games. A Purdue beat Northwestern, but again, remained unranked because the AP folks are just stupid. <laughs> I don't have another, another way to tell. Oh, yeah, and, to, and Texas lost to, uh, to West Virginia, uh, putting up their, five, their fifth straight loss, making them a 4-7 and seven team. Uh, just warms your heart. <laughs> Talking about hatred. <laughs> Oklahoma State shut out Texas Tech, so that's a good thing too. <laughs> you know, and it's funny because the you know hatred I have for uh, LSU or Texas Tech, like I don't care how they do the rest of the year. Like I don't care like who they beat or who they lose to. Like, uh, but Texas, every game when they lose, I am just it's just a ray of sunshine. <laughs> it's just a warm, warm feeling. So that that's the difference, especially since they haven't left the Big Twelve yet, and they're going to come into the tougher conference that's the SEC. So you're just like, oh, yes. you're going to do so well, and I mean that yes. with as much sarcasm as I could possibly put on that. Yep. But let's do this one because there's a couple of games I want to talk about this last week, other than A and M. Oh, it's, it's a huge week all around. There's a lot of games. So okay, let's go into this A and M. You know, last game of the regular season. We play LSU. It's our quote-unquote rivalry game. And, you know, given my hatred and a lot of people's hatreds, um, I think it's a justifiable one <laughs> coming into this. I thought we would beat them. I thought it was probably going to be close because we're in Death Valley. So that's the the stadium at, uh, at LSU in Baton Rouge. I did think we would beat them. I really wanted us to beat the stew out of them, but I didn't think that was going to happen. Right. But I did think there was a chance we would lose this because – Going into this, there's there's several things. Number one, it's senior night, right? So this is the last game the seniors get to play at home, LSU. Number two, if they don't beat us, they're not bowl eligible. So they don't go to a bowl game unless they beat us. Number three, there is nothing on the line for us-ish. There are some odd-out chances that if we beat LSU and we beat them really bad, we could get into a New Year's Six Bowl, but it's not likely. So there's not a huge huge thing on the line for us and then the last thing it's ed ogeron's last game as head coach so that you have that you know win one for the gipper right kind of last same thing they pulled with les miles's game where we played against him at home and it looked like we were favored to win that game and you know everybody thought les miles was going to get fired especially if he lost against us and he did end up getting fired later on, but it was the same kind of that feeling about it going into this game. Like every game in the season, it was less about whether or not the other team was better than us or as good as we were. It was whether or not we would beat ourselves. Right. That's just been the theme of this entire season is we have a bunch of talent that just for whatever reason doesn't seem to click. And if our team just for whatever reason doesn't show up or doesn't click, we were going to lose. So that was the big question. Are we more talented than LSU? Absolutely, we're better than LSU. Yeah. But we have to show up and prove it. And that's always been a question. Yeah, that's exactly right. First quarter of that game, fairly defensive game. We had one pretty long field goal kick by LSU. They get it in. Second quarter, we start to see some life out of the offense. The defense doesn't have a very great quarter. They, they let two touchdowns. Now, granted, we talked about that before. They didn't look great. <laughs> No, they didn't. And especially, you know, one of those touchdowns came in the last, what, two minutes, minute, 
let's be honest. Like it looked like to me, both the offense and the defense gave up the last minute of the of the half. They were like, let's just get the half over with. Oh yeah, because there was that last touchdown. There was a linebacker who was chasing down the guy, and he just like throws out an arm, and then you could just see like he just quit. And it was like he could have stopped them with five yards before the the end zone, and he didn't. I mean, it just you just saw quit everywhere. <laughs> yeah. It was like everybody laying down arms. It was, it was honestly, it was just sad. <laughs> it was sad to watch. So that cost us. Uh, and then, so third quarter, again, you get a couple of uh, field goals. It's a mainly defensive quarter for us. Uh, you know, on that side of the ball, we, we three and out them several times. And started getting sacks. Right. Yes. That's sort of how Fisher's whole strategy works, right? You, Try and keep your own offense on the field a lot in the first half. Tire out their defense so that by the second half you start making you're able to make a lot of plays. You're able to open a lot of holes just because their defense is is tired. And at the same time, your defense is not tired, and so they really start wrecking through the other team's offensive line. It worked on one side of the ball this time, <laughs> effectively. And honestly, it, it worked on the other side to an extent. Like I said, our, our one time we actually had a running game, uh, the one driveway to run a game came in the fourth quarter. A-Chain was able to get like three or four holes in a row. We, we marched the, the ball down the field, but it was it was kind of like a too little too late sort of a deal. Uh, we'd given up too much points. Yeah, like you were saying on the offense, like the one thing that really stuck out with me was – Obviously, the old line wasn't doing its part, but what spurred on the LSU defense was the fact that when the ball was hiked, Calzada was sprinting, sprinting for five yards behind him before he could get set up. I mean, he was running like a guy who was like running for safety and then, you know, turning and getting ready to play the, you know, to throw the ball. I mean, it just when you see stuff like that, when you know you can get the the quarterback to go on the run, I mean... (laughs) Oh yeah, no. That's what you're gonna do. You're gonna you're gonna stuff the box and just you know try to get back at get back there because you're like, well, he ain't gonna make it because I'm gonna get to him before he could throw the ball. Yeah, and then I mean, there's no doubt. Like you watched, it's it's like LSU's defensive pressure got heavier and heavier and heavier <laughs> as the game went on, which I think was designed. I think that's how they they were designing it. They were trying to get Calzada off kilter as much as possible, and it worked. The offensive line just did not hold up. They got leakier and leakier and leakier. To the point where Calzada was starting to get sacked as well. It was like watching uh, Ole Miss or Arkansas again. Mm-hmm. It was just nobody was clicking. You know, we had a drive here or there that worked, but it, it, everything was sort of haphazard. You didn't know. There was no confidence. You know, the defense looked real good. They did a pretty good job. But giving up when they did in the in the second quarter really hurt us later on. And it's not like this was a, you know, the final score was LSU 27, uh, A&M 24. And it's because LSU is able to come back in the last two minutes and score a touchdown. Well, there was another perfect example because leading up to that, getting up to just under the, the two minute warning, AM had gotten a couple of like several sacks and had gotten two sacks in a row to force uh, LSU to punt it out. So you're thinking, OK, it's like a minute 40, I believe, was left on the clock. Yep. And LSU only had one timeout. They wasted two timeouts in the third quarter. And so you got the game at this point. 
All you have to do is make a couple of first downs, and you couldn't do it. Yeah. You know, your defense had just put up the sixth sack on their quarterback and gotten you the the game ball where all you had to do was keep control of the ball long enough for the clock to hang out. Your defense has to go back out there. It came up to just a really awesome play with 20 seconds left. But, I mean, you can't say the defense didn't try. The offense just gave up you couldn't run a two-minute drill where you didn't even have to score you didn't even have to get a a field goal but you should have been thinking about that the whole time yeah i mean really as long as you get like one first down maybe two then you were fine right i will say that awesome play they had run that on us all night yeah literally that matchup that one receiver and the the one defender and down that line of the field they had played that six or seven times for major yardage and nobody was calling pass interference. There wasn't a single flag on pass interference. Yeah, the the refs were doing their absolute best to not throw any flags, hardly. Yeah. And most of it was stuff that really wasn't really like the, was it the hit out of bounds? Like that was on a play that was nowhere near the action. <laughs> it was on a kick return. Yeah. And it was nowhere near the action. <laughs> and they're like, well, you know, you can't be doing that. I'm like, oh, come on. <laughs> So, yeah, the penalties were, were really kind of sus uh, in this one. Yeah. I kind of like it when they don't throw a lot of penalty flags. I mean, I get it. Sometimes you've got to, but. Yeah. Yeah. I, I wouldn't say that any of them really changed the outcome. No, but yeah, they, that was a, that was LSU. I mean, they knew they could get, they could do it, mm-hmm. right? They'd run that play and they'd done it and they'd gotten yardage and they'd scored touchdowns on that play before. And so they just well, this is our best shot with 20 seconds left, so let's do it. And they did it. Yep. With the 20 seconds that were left, we ran, was it three plays? And two of those, we got, you know, Calzada got sacked. Right. One of them was a drop ball. There were a lot of drop balls. That too. What, what really surprised me was how many drop balls were over the middle. Mm-hmm. Normally, we make those. But I want to say every every throw Calzada made over the middle, it didn't matter the receiver. Like Muhammad dropped them, uh, Smith dropped them, Preston dropped them. They all dropped them. But every time we got it over the middle, they would hit the guy's hands and come out. Right. And I'm surprised we didn't have like six or seven interceptions with as many times as that happened. Because it, it was it was that, you know, the classic, oh, it hit his hands and then popped up. And then you expect one of the defenders in the safety to get it. To just come up underneath, yeah. Right. And and we just got lucky over and over again. I, and that, it's, that, that was so killer. Right, because Calzada had actually made a decent throw, but it just kept happening over. It would happen like four or five times with no running, and you have no running game, and just so the whole none of the offense was clicking. Just none of it was clicking. I mean, we still managed to put up twenty four points even then, but still, it just nothing was working. Yep, <laughs> that game came down to the last two minutes, and we just couldn't put it away. Yep, we took our uh, fourth loss of the year, of you know what was a really Guy, strange year. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was a very strange year. A year we all thought was going to be a one-loss year with chances of going to the SEC championship and maybe even the the uh, national championship and, you know, four-loss team. Yeah, or we had an inexperienced O-line, but to me, I just keep coming back to the quarterback. He just can't play at the SEC level, and it is a high level. I mean, in order – I mean, for as big of a deal as it was to beat Alabama – you you know that's that should be the only big game. You can't lose to everybody else and and celebrate beating Alabama. The big teams in the SEC, Georgia and Alabama, you have to beat them, and then that's 
the pinnacle of your season. Everybody else you have to beat, and it has to be known that you're going to beat them. Yeah, I just don't feel that Calzada has a leadership quality to him. I don't think he has – I don't want to say toughness. I just don't – has a confidence level to him that fits playing in the SEC. Yeah. I don't think besides the bowl game, we're going to go to whatever it ends up being, probably the Outback Bowl in Tampa. (laughs) (laughs) He'll play that game, and that'll probably be it because Hanks King, I think he'll be uh, healthy by the summer. And then our backup after that's probably going to be the new kid we're recruiting. So I I don't see um, Calzada playing again for A&M. I have a feeling, you know, depending, you know, he might try out and, and still go through summer and, and all that camp. And then when they get to the deciding, you know, he may jump in the transfer portal, however that thing works <laughs> at that point, and then go be a quarterback somewhere else. Yeah. But believe it or not, that's not the big news of the day for this last week. As disappointing as that game is, there's actually reason to kind of smile uh, week 13. <laughs> Are we talking about the Big Ten? Yes. Yes, we are. Yeah. OSU versus Michigan. So the game, quote unquote, the game. The game. Played in Michigan this year in a snowstorm. Michigan managed to break their 10-year Ten losing streak. Yep. <laughs> their decade-long losing streak yep. to Ohio State. <laughs> and what even I thought, I mean, I thought this was just going to be a blowout. I really did. I thought Ohio State, like like people here were kind of, you know, trying to make it a bigger game than I thought they were really trying to make it. I didn't really think Michigan was that good. <laughs> I mean, for crying out loud, Michigan lost to Michigan State. <laughs> yeah. And Ohio State destroyed Michigan State, like, I don't know, 40-something to 7 the week prior. <laughs> Part of me is a little bit thrilled by it because, I mean, I get tired of hearing how great Ohio State is. I'm like, you're the yeah. king of a crap conference. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> Everybody is ranked except for Purdue. Right, right. <laughs> So I didn't really watch the game. I just saw the highlights and apparently Michigan just really handled Ohio state. Yeah. They've got a running back Haskins who basically won Michigan, the game like flat out. I mean, literally we watched the last, the last Michigan's last scoring drive and it was just him. They just kept giving the ball to him and he kept getting six to seven yards or 10 to 12 yards (laughs) and then scored the touchdown. That's all it was that, you know, Ohio state was not able to stop the run Haskins was able to just take the ball wherever he wanted. And then Ohio State wasn't as effective throwing the ball as I think they wanted to be, which is, you know, I mean, that happens in a snowstorm. In the fourth quarter, it did look like Ohio State had a chance to come back. They, you know, scored some points. They got the scores pretty close. And then basically Michigan was just able to answer them every time they were able to score uh, because Ohio State's defense wasn't able to put up a stop. It was a fun game to watch. (laughs) <laughs> and honestly, I think it helps out the Bearcats, which, you know, the best football team in Ohio right now, Cincinnati. Right. Because, you know, Michigan now goes to the uh, conference championship. Yes, against Iowa. Minis- oh, is it against Iowa? It's against Iowa. So for the first time in forever, Ohio State's not playing for the Big Ten championship. So Michigan and Iowa. Michigan right now is an 11 and one team, right? And that probably it's going to get them ranked in the top four. However, if Iowa manages to beat Michigan in the conference championship, that knocks Michigan out of uh, contention 
for the playoffs, which I think actually gives Cincinnati a pretty good shot in. Their other end would have been if a really thrilling game in the the, the thrilling game in the SEC this week was the Alabama Auburn the Iron Bowl because that literally came down to four overtimes. Yep. <laughs> yep. Yeah. That was a nuts game. Very low scoring, very big on the defensive side of the ball. And it ended up going to enough overtime so that they were just doing two-point conversion drills. And Auburn could not. Basically had one bad two-point conversion drills, and, and Alabama didn't, and so they won the game. But that that game, oh, man. <laughs> um, if Auburn had won, it would have knocked Alabama out of contention because technically Alabama is still in in the hunt. They've got an 11-1 record now with beating Auburn. If they had lost Auburn, they would be 10-2, and two, and they'd be kind of out. So they're, you know, they're going to go up against Georgia in the SEC championship. If they beat Georgia, then that makes both Alabama and Georgia a one-loss team, right? And that makes the Bearcats literally the only no-loss team. <laughs> But then it gets hard not to put both of them in the national championship uh, running into the playoffs. So Alabama wins, right? So they're 11-1. They're going to go to the SEC championship against Georgia. Georgia and uh, Cincinnati are the only no-loss teams left in FBS, if I remember correctly. And so if Alabama beats Georgia in the SEC championship, then it gets hard not to put both of them into the playoffs. Mm -hmm. Very hard. If Georgia beats Alabama, then you can kind of drop Alabama. Completely off. (laughs) Right. So they'll be probably number five or maybe six. So basically, in the the championship games, we need for Cincinnati to get in, Michigan needs to lose, and Alabama needs to lose. (laughs) And then then the Bearcats have a pretty decent shot to get in because uh, Oregon's been taking several losses, if I remember right. Mm Mm-hmm. They did beat Oregon State. I think they're the leader in the Pac-12. I got to be honest; I don't pay attention to the Pac-12 very well. <laughs> I would imagine so, because they're seven and two conference-wise. So yeah, seven and two. So they lost. They lost to Purdue, and then they lost to Utah last, not last week, the week before last. So that puts them, you know, as a two-loss team. They're going to go to the, the Pac-12 championship game. I don't know who they're playing in that one. But either way, they're already a two-loss team. So not looking like they're going to go. Notre Dame is only a one-loss team, so they're 11-1. So they are in the running because they're Notre Dame. They did beat up Stanford pretty hard, 45-14. to That always looks good, right? Because they don't. there's no chance for Notre Dame to go to a conference game to get another another win in there. You know, against a bunch of crummy teams. <laughs> so in the Big 12, OSU beats uh, Oklahoma for their, for what is it called, pandemonium or whatever? Bedlam. Bedlam, that's right. It's one of those crazy ones. <laughs> Oklahoma State beats Oklahoma, mm-hmm. takes them to an 11 and 1 record. So they're probably going to be in the running. But again, this is, they're going to go to the, the championship game and they're going to play. It's looking like Baylor in the Big 12 championship. Yes. And if Baylor wins that game, then, you know, Oklahoma State will get knocked out from the running. 
I actually think that's not necessarily likely, but I think it's probably going to be a pretty good game. I think Baylor's been playing pretty well. Oklahoma State's definitely been playing pretty well. Bedlam was nuts. They had a lot of really crazy stuff going on. <laughs> if you want, if you want like a fun game that you know really doesn't matter to you, Oklahoma, Oklahoma State, <laughs> from Saturday, November twenty seventh. Great game. <laughs> Check it out. <laughs> Texas manages to beat uh, Kansas State, but not by much. It's twenty two to seventeen. So even though it's a win, uh, it does not make Texas bowl eligible. So Texas is not going to a bowl game. Yeah. And for me, I don't know how long you hold on to a head coach when you're Texas. Uh, (laughs) Well, I mean, I mean, he hasn't been there that long to begin with, but uh, Texas boosters are not rational people. (laughs) I was going to say, though, I mean, right now is a good opportunity to pick up Ed Obergeon. You know, I mean, you're going into the SEC, SEC for the for the first year. Here's a guy who has won a championship in the SEC. You know, he just got booted out of LSU. Why not pick him? Yeah, I don't I don't see that happening. <laughs> I'm just saying. I mean, there's not like a plethora of other coaches out there that I hear are gonna take the job. So Yeah, and that's so that's the other thing. We talked a little bit about Jimbo Fisher. So Ed Ogeron's leaving. The Florida uh coach is getting fired too, right? So that's two spots within the SEC who are open up that are opening up. But nobody really knows who could possibly take them. Mm-hmm. Right? So LSU being kind of a premier school a school that does really well with recruiting, a school that has a lot of money because it's, you know, everybody who's got money in uh, Louisiana gives it to the school. And so they've got pretty decent facilities. They probably pay their players pretty well. I know that's like not for real, but for real. <laughs> <laughs> Let's be honest, folks. <laughs> <laughs> but they're not finding anybody. That's That's been the, the crazy thing to me is that it seems like all of the like premier coaches or whatever already are where they want to be. Both LSU and Florida are in this spot where they're like, well, if I was Florida, I'd be driving down the road to Jacksonville and going to urban Meyer going, Hey, why don't you come back to college football? Cause it ain't working out for you over there. And it ain't working out for us over here. You know, you come over here, you can have all the blonde ladies in your lap. You want, as long as you're winning football games. (laughs) God, it's such a Florida thing to say too. Oh my gosh. It is. But you know, at least, you know, in college football, it's less of an issue. (laughs) Yeah. Well, it's funny thing because that happened in Ohio, right? (laughs) Right. Right. Well, because it reminded, yeah, Yeah. he was, he, he, he has a a restaurant up here in Columbus because, you know, he was coach for Ohio state too, but yeah, but I mean, like, it's just—I mean—it's not a good look for him in in the NFL this year. I mean, it just doesn't look like it's working at all. So, no. and, and not just because he doesn't have the players, but because he just doesn't seem to have a a feel for coaching in the NFL. <laughs> I mean, it's a really different ball game. It just is, like all around. Mm-hmm. It was funny because I I was talking or about. Uh, Urban Meyer going to LSU. <laughs> that can sucker him away to LSU because he's not doing it for the Jags. Might as well play for somebody. Right. Yeah. And I guess, you know, being caught with a, you know, with someone who's not your wife and just a less of a deal in, in Louisiana than it is in Florida. Yeah. That's a good point. Solid point. I mean, he can go to New Orleans and, you know, it's, you know, it's, it's Nolans, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing counts here. Nothing. (laughs) (laughs) It's Vegas in the swamp. (laughs) Yeah. 
That is no joke. (laughs) (laughs) Sound like you got some experience there. Yeah, I'm sure I do. Whether I remember it or not, that's the question. (laughs) Clemson did manage to beat up on uh, South Carolina. I I forgot to bring that up. They they shut out South Carolina, so that was kind of funny. But uh, that's the other thing. You know, Wake Forest was looking like they were driving to to be the uh, the lead team coming out of the ACC this year, but then they got beat by Clemson. <laughs> and Clemson is awful. Probably not going to see an ACC team in the running for the uh, playoffs. So, I, you know, I, it, a lot of it's going to depend on how the, the championships uh, fall out. Right. And, you know, it's funny. A lot of years it's not the case, right? A lot of these teams go into the championships and, you know, one team's playing another team that the one team has maybe no losses or one loss and the other team they're playing has like four or five or whatever because their side of the conference is a lot more difficult. You know, it's kind of a foregone conclusion. It doesn't really matter for the uh, playoff consideration how the championship games go. But this year it really does matter. Uh, And it matters for a lot of of teams, whether they're going to get in, if they get in, what's, you know, you know, what seed they're going to be in? Because let's be honest, Georgia's going to run the table. Like, yeah, Georgia's offense is really good, and their defense is better. I mean, they've shut out three teams, like flat out shut out. <laughs> and that just doesn't happen in college often. No, it's, it's certainly not three it, times it's, in it's a season. Fairly rare, right? Yeah, normally you maybe get one, maybe two, but as many as Georgia got. I mean, that's nuts. So I, I, I don't think there's any anybody who's thinking they won't get the national championship but see this is why i like the the idea of the expansion of the playoff system because now you got all these conference matchups and some of these teams are just in bad conferences so they're going to play and win or lose or whatever but then you got some of these other teams that are in tough conferences that aren't going to make the cut or in lesser conferences that aren't going to make it into the cut that you want to see compete with some of these bigger teams, you know, like Cincinnati. Right. You know, you want to see Cincinnati play some of these some of these bigger teams to see if they're legitimate. They talked about expanding the the playoffs to 12 teams, which is just to me is really stupid. <laughs> like if you're going to expand, just at least go to 16. Honestly, yeah. I I'd, I'd rather see a 32. I want to see a 32 team playoff because then you, then you can put everybody in. Like nobody's nobody's bitching at that mm-hmm. point <laughs> mm-hmm. you know the top 25 plus have gotten in you know you can put whatever conference championships you want you know whoever and then you can have everybody look at at, at those teams like you know north carolina state or or cincinnati or pittsburgh or, or you know whoever and if they if they get up there then yeah they deserve to be there and if they didn't you can be like yeah no there's a there's a reason they play in the conference they play in mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, that that way, you know, and, and you get more games. And who doesn't want that? Right, exactly. I mean, the NFL proved it last year when they expanded uh, the playoff teams to like what they added. A, a, what was it like a third wild card? Yeah. And it only made the playoffs better because you're like, holy crap, more teams. That you, there's more of a race at the end of the year and there's more excitement because there's just more football. Exactly. So, you know, not that anybody listens to us, but if anybody on the any of the league slash conference committees just just expand it as much as you can stop being a bunch of bleeps <laughs> I mean, it works it works great for for college basketball why wouldn't it be i mean i gotta believe that college football makes more money than college basketball yes you would be correct 
I was watching a commercial for I think it's Kansas going to play a college called Iona, mm-hmm. and I'm like, who the f- is Iona, and why do they deserve <laughs> to be on TV? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I saw that. Didn't Iona win that game though? Maybe, but I mean, I think they did. <laughs> <laughs> obviously there's something there so why wouldn't the same thing apply to college football i mean granted you got teams like like prairie view or like you know the university of new mexico you're just like Ugh. yeah again if they're 12 games and they matter more than ever whereas like you said a 32 you know playoff system all right i'll play new mexico state and prairie view and make sure i get a good seed in the 32 yeah that works for me yeah but you know when i've got only 12 games in a tough conference like the sec and i gotta waste them playing teams that aren't gonna get me anywhere (laughs) right yep but i mean this is essentially the the end of college football season we got a bowl game to play and uh, for a&m at any rate and we'll just see how how the playoff goes i just yeah, whether we win that game, will it'll just depend on, you know, if the offense decides to click that day or not. And if they don't, we'll lose. And if we do, we won't. And if we don't, I you know, I don't know. I don't know. I, I There have been some, some folks at the very beginning of the season once we lost to Arkansas and Mississippi State who are starting to think, okay, maybe we need to move on, think about moving on from Jimbo Fisher. But the honest truth, that puts us in the same pot as like LSU. Who the bleep are we going to get? There's nobody else out there. And I honestly think that Jimbo Fisher's fine. I mean, he needs to come up with a plan when your quarterback's not good of who he's going to turn to. Yeah. I think that's more of an issue on the actual football team is leadership on the field and how they can get the team to adjust on the fly. Yeah. Tough loss. Tough two losses against Ole Miss and against LSU. So hopefully we'll be a 9-4 and four team coming out of this year and then, you know, treat this as a rebuilding year. And honestly, for the offensive line, it was a rebuilding year. And hopefully, you know, we'll be good next year. Yep. Hopefully. So you'll probably get one more, one or two more of these podcasts uh, concerning college football after our bowl game. And then we'll just stick to the NFL and be angry about that. Oh, God. <laughs> So, uh, thanks for listening, everybody. Remember, we've got a website, patentthefatman.com. Feel free to go there, register, um, leave comments. We also have a Facebook page, Pat and the Fat Man. You can leave comments there, let us know what you think. Or if you really want to support us, go to our patron. Um, you can go to Patreon and become a patron and give us money for our editor, which we really appreciate. And then when you comment about wanting episodes, we'll pay attention to you. <laughs> no seriously we pay attention to everybody because you know there's not many people so except for zach calls out <laughs> yep yep thanks everybody for listening i'm pat i'm the fat man stay classy gig em. what <laughs> well, so how and maybe when what no I'm, i lost it i'm, I'm gone <laughs> <Why>? <laughs> Oh, 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 oh,